how do you do? My name is Alfred Hitchcock. The story of man and his friends, the birds, is filled with many fine examples of ways in which these noble creatures have added to the beauty of the world. Take this plumed hat from the period of Charles I. How proud the birds must have been to have their feathers plucked out to brighten man's drab life. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, with some tongue-in-cheek inspiration from famed 20th century film producer and director, Alfred Hitchcock. As Alfred Hitchcock described in that trailer for the 1963 film, The Birds, birds have plenty of reasons not to like us. Perhaps it is the subconscious understanding of that likelihood that leaves us feeling a bit unsettled when we see a large flock of birds together. A tiny kinglet or two flitting around in a fir tree is cute and a treat to observe, but a murmuration of starlings creating an ever-changing dark cloud as they travel together across the sky, or leafless trees painted black with the merged-together bodies of hundreds of crows perched and waiting instills quite a different feeling. This time of year, it is quite common to see one particular species of bird flocked together by the hundreds, especially in fields, and I'm sure had they known about the opportunity to audition for the film The Birds in the early 1960s, they would have. Ring-billed gulls. First, to get a common misconception out of the way, there is no such thing as a seagull. There are many different species of gulls, many of which spend time on or near the sea, but you won't find anything called a seagull in a field guide. If you're already aware that seagulls aren't a species, you may know that herring gulls, black-backed gulls, and ring-billed gulls are different. But as the section on gull identification begins in the Sibley Birds East Guide, gull identification represents one of the most challenging puzzles in birding and should be approached only with patient and methodical study. That said, ring-billed gulls offer us both visual clues and behavioral clues that help with confirming their identification. Adult ring-billed gulls are gray on top and white below, with black-tipped wings that sport spots of white. Their legs and bill are yellow, and the bill has a black ring around it towards the front, thus their common name. Juveniles and non-breeding adults are a bit trickier to differentiate from other gulls, so I'll let you look up photos to compare. I rarely have the opportunity to notice any of these distinguishing characteristics, but I can still often identify them simply from their habitat and behavior. Ring-billed gulls flock together to feed in open spaces. Where I live, I usually see them in fields, especially freshly plowed fields in the fall. That is because ring-billed gulls are passage migrants, meaning they migrate through Maine during the fall on their way to their winter homes in the southern U.S. and Mexico, and in the spring, they head back north to breed during summer in Canada, with some populations spending summers around the Great Lakes and even as far south as Northern California and Nevada. As classic opportunists, ring-billed gulls eat what they can find, including worms, bugs, small mammals, grain, fish, and in more populated areas where they spend a lot of time in parking lots and open landfills, they forage for discarded human food. They also fly together in flocks by the hundreds, certainly reminiscent of some of the scenes from The Birds. So the next time you're outside and see a flock of gulls casting a shadow upon a field as the days get shorter and Halloween draws nearer, you might think they are simply foraging for food. 
but they might just be watching you carve pumpkins and waiting for you to let your guard down. Surely the birds appreciate all we've done for them. Don't you? Beautiful cage, fresh water, no other birds to bother you, none of that blinding sunlight. Oh, now why would he do that? Most peculiar. What on earth? You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, references, contact information, photos, and information about how to subscribe to the show as a podcast by visiting archives.weru.org. Theme music was by A Pileated Woodpecker, made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology. (laughs) 